0: Welcome to the Ziegler Inspire Podcast. Ziegler Inspire Podcast. Hi, this is Blake Lindsay. Welcome to Mr. Ziegler's Inspire Podcast. I believe today is going to be a great day for you. You are a special individual with unique talents. You are a winner. Do those words make you feel good? Isn't it amazing how words can build us up or tear us down? Mr. Ziegler will discuss the power of words. Let's listen to Zig Ziegler now.
1: I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled-in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here, and you're
0: ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: Because you see the spoken word has the power to influence in an unbelievable manner and degree. Years ago somebody said one picture's worth a thousand words or 10,000 words. I'm here to tell you that that individual had never really read the Declaration of Independence or the Bill of Rights. They had not read Lincoln's Gettysburg Address or the 23rd Psalm or prayed the Lord's Prayer. See those are words, They're, they're just words But there are words that can impact, have impacted literally millions and millions and millions of people. Words can make you break out in hilarious laughter. You've heard it 101 different times. And as a matter of fact, I'm reading something here called anguished English. Socrates was a famous Greek teacher who went around giving people advice. They killed him. Socrates died from an overdose of wedlock. After his death, his career suffered a dramatic decline. Now, you know, (laughs) when you read something like that, you you can't help but get tickled. David was a Hebrew king, skilled at playing the lyre. He fought with the Finkelsteins, a race of people who lived in biblical times. Solomon, one of David's sons, had 300 wives and 700 porcupines. Now, when you... Now, when you read something like that, as I say, uh, it does have an impact, an influence on your thinking. Charles Osgood uh, said that compared to the spoken word, a picture is a pitiful thing indeed. You think about these words. Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. And a nation united and fought for their independence. Lincoln said "Fourscore and seven years ago and a nation was reunited. Churchill said there will always be an England, and the country was lifted by its bootstraps. FDR said the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, and the Depression era got a glimpse of hope. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream, and because of it, Many people dream today who did not dream before. Rosa Parks said, my feet hurt. Because of those few words, an entire people stood up and marched forward. The words can be so enormously important. Many, many years ago, I told a beautiful young girl, I love you. A few weeks later, she said to me, I love you. Two and a half years later, the preacher said, I now pronounce you. Man and wife. A little over two years later, the doctor said, it's a girl, Mr. Ziegler. Now, you know, when you you think about words like that, those are words that can lift you up. A youngster in California school really had all kinds of problems, came from a dysfunctional family, was failing in everything, and they put computers in there, and he had a knack for computers. And all of a sudden, he started improving in every area of life, and his grades dramatically got better. And somebody asked him, you know, what has happened? And he said, well, he said, my computer calls me Clarence. My classmates call me stupid. You see, the difference in uh, the words can make a difference. Dr. Les Carter at the world-famous Menrith Meyer Clinic talked about the impact of words. I was concerned about this. And I said, is there a correlation between uh, violent language and violence itself? And here is what Dr. Carter said. I have never worked with an abuse situation that didn't follow a pattern of verbal abuse before physical abuse. Additionally, the more one cusses, the less sensitive to the nature of their own behavior they become. The Bible says, Thou shalt not curse a deaf man. Why not? They can't hear. It's obviously because of the damage it does to you. Acid destroys the vessel in which it is stored, and that's important. The way people talk is the best indication of how they think. The most powerful instrument for influencing a person's thought process is the language you use on them and they use on themselves. That's the reason I always use so much adult language. Like dedication, responsibility, commitment, discipline, things like that. A lot of four letter words like good and best and real and fair and hope and love. And uh, got to confess, every once in a while I slip the F word in on folks because I believe that faith is enormously important. The language we use can have a substantial impact on a person's life. The language we use on ourselves can have an even greater impact on a person's life. Again, the most important opinion you have is the opinion you have of yourself. Now, I'm not talking about a super inflated ego. You know, uh, conceits that weird disease that makes everybody sick except the person who has it. That is not (laughs) what I'm talking about. Like some wit said, uh, it's kind of like the rooster who thinks the sun comes up so that it's time for him to crow. And there are a lot of people just that way. How powerful can words be? A few years ago, I was speaking in Marion, Indiana. It was a four-hour seminar. I did it on Tuesday night. When I got home on the weekend, I had a letter from a lady who was there. And she said, Mr. Ziegler, I was there. On Tuesday night. I'd just gotten back from Colorado on a rafting trip. It was one of the most magnificent experiences of my life. It was really wonderful. We would raft down the river, and as the sun was beginning to set, we would pull off to a flat spot. We would build our campfire. We would cook our dinner. And then she said we would go up a few hundred more feet so we could get a a better view. And she said, the rarefied air up there and the clarity we could look at the stars and the moon, it was incredibly... And when I looked at the magnificent universe and then the next morning we'd get up and go down to the streams and the wildlife would be coming uh, there to take their morning drink. She said, the whole thing was so awesome uh, that I thought of myself as being absolutely nothing and contemplated suicide. And she said, that evening, on Tuesday evening, uh, you quoted St. Augustine, uh, who many years ago, and I paraphrase him, 399 A.D., he said, man travels hundreds of miles to gaze at the broad expanse of the ocean. He looks with awe at the heavens above. He stares in wonderment at the fields and the mountains and the rivers and the streams. And then he passes himself by without a thought. God's most amazing creation. And she said, when you quoted St. Augustine, I realized what I was. When man looks at himself and what's important, with this pair of glasses you're being fitted with, you see they will also reverse themselves And they will look inside and let you see some of the things that you're going to be astonished at what is already there. And I think that's important. The power of the Word truly is awesome. We had a young man named Samuel Akwasi Sarpong who came to our three-day Born to Win seminar here in Dallas. He's from Ghana, the Ashanti tribe. Now, the Ashanti tribe, which is by far the largest tribe in Ghana, has the practice of naming their children based on the day of the week on which they're born. Now, they have a given name and a last name. The middle name is their Ashanti name. His Ashanti name is Akwasi. And Akwasi in his language means godly, gentle, peace-loving, and kind. By coincidence, the young man is a Christian minister. The babies who are born on Wednesday are named Kwaku. Now, Kwaku means mean, violent, aggressive, quick-tempered. In the nation of Ghana, over 50% of all of the crime committed is committed by those who are born on Wednesday. You see, names, words, language are extraordinarily important. Wendell Johnson wrote a book entitled the People in Quandaries. It's based on studies done on uh, reservations in America. They started with two reservations and noticed something rather peculiar and then expanded it to many other reservations. They discovered there was not a single full-blooded Indian raised on the reservation and taught the Indian languages and dialects. Not a one of them stuttered. Now, they checked the languages and the dialects, and then they understood why none of them stuttered. It was because in none of the Indian languages or dialects was there a word for stutter. And if there's no word for stutter, how you gonna stutter? (laughs) You see, there are no instructions. There's no picture. You see, words paint pictures. And then we go to work to complete those pictures. Bill Glass says that 90% of the people who are incarcerated in our prisons today were repeatedly told by their parents, one of these days you're going to end up in jail. Jim Sundberg's a friend of mine, former Golden Gloves catcher in the major leagues. Jim Sundberg was doing a prison crusade with Bill Glass one day, and they were just, during one of the breaks, they were just kind of standing aside talking, and you know, Jim Sundberg said, Bill, when I was a youngster, over and over, my dad kept saying to me, you keep Throwing that ball like that, son, you'll be a major leaguer someday. You keep hustling like that and someday you'll be a major leaguer. You keep swinging the bat that way, one of these days you're going to be a major leaguer. He said, it was planted in my mind early on. He said, I am exactly where my dad told me I was going to be. A prisoner was standing close by and he softly shook his head and said, Well, you know, same thing happened to me. I'm exactly where my dad told me I was going to be. The power of the word is absolutely incredible. And yet so much of the input is negative. What do we say to our kids? We call them the terrible twos when they're really the terrific twos. Tremendous threes, fantastic fours, fabulous fives, sensational sixes. I mean, you go right down the list. And yet how many times do we hear somebody say, you never do anything right. You're always late. You never look nice. You're just plain dumb. You'll never amount to anything. You're just like your father. I mean we hear that sort of stuff when we really need the good, the clean, the pure, the powerful, the positive in there every day. I was in Atlanta in my office over there and many years ago. A young man came in, three beautiful little stair-step girls. They introduced him, this is the one that won't eat. This is the one that won't mind a mother. This is the one who cries all the time. Not realizing he was giving them very specific instructions. I was up in Nashville on the way down to the gate to catch a plane. I passed a mother and her, oh, I would guess three-year-old child. And you know, since Adam and Eve, there has never been a child who walked at exactly the pace the parrot wanted them to walk. <laughs> well, this little guy was kind of dragging his heels. And uh, the mother turned to him and said, come on, stupid, we're going to miss the plane. I was in a cafeteria in Dallas, and a little girl was crying. A grandmother-type the type lady bent over and said, what's the matter, honey? And her dad spoke up and said, she's mean. That's what, she does. plain mean. I was in, uh, out in Stockton, California. I was doing my jog. I ran past a grandmother and her little granddaughter about five, six years old. Beautiful little girl. Well, well, I'll tell you just how pretty she was. She compares favorably to my own grandchildren. Now, <laughs> if, if, if that doesn't say something, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what was. And as I ran past them, the only thing I heard was these words: "They'll put you in jail for that." Can you imagine? Now, had I the opportunity to talk with that man in Atlanta, the man in Dallas, the mother up in Nashville, the grandmother in Stockton. I would say to them, if you want to destroy their self-image, if you want to discourage them, if you want to consign them to the failure heaps in life, if you want to give them higher uh, hills to climb, you keep on doing exactly what you are doing, and the same rule applies between husband and wife, and employer and employee. As you undoubtedly have already noticed, I put it all together personal life, family life, and business life, your physical, your mental, and your spiritual because you're a complete human being, not just part of a human being. And the sad thing is that there are so many people who are even unaware of what they're doing. You know, it's just gotten to be a habit, and if they were to keep an open recorder going in their house and listen at the end of the day to some of the things they're saying, they would be absolutely astonished.
0: Did that get you to thinking? What kind of words characterize your speech? Are they words of encouragement or are they negative words? Do you share words of hope or words of despair? This week, be especially mindful of what you say to yourself and to others. Until next week, I'm Blake Lindsey, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest.
2: Sigler, Sigler,
0: Inspiring true performance.